The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Good evening. Welcome power. to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast preview show for round 22 versus Adelaide. The game will be played on Saturday night at the Cold Pie Megaplex in historic North Adelaide. Uh, I'm Portia, and joining me tonight is Macca19. Macca, we're all super excited for the game this week. How good's it going to be? Oh, surely we should win this. Surely. Really, I think it's one of those things where if we had less injuries and a better game plan and all that stuff like that, it'd probably make us less likely to win. But the fact that we don't have any advantages... Do we have injuries? I'm not sure. No, we've got a few. But the fact that we don't have any clear advantages is what makes me think that we're going to win this game. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be one of the all-time classic games um, that we'll all try and forget within a week. Look, it's it's going to go in the record books. I have that feeling. Oh, what sort of record, though? I don't think it's going to be a good one. Um, But we'll get to that in time. That's true. But um, look, I mean, I'm sure every Port fan out there is smiling because there's only two weeks left. <laughs> See, <there's upside>. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's get on to the, the big news, the big topic of the week. Eddie Betts, 250 games. And look, I mean, that's a really great milestone for a kid from Port Lincoln, played with Mallee Park. Yep. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing him in, the, uh, in that uh, TAC Cup Premiership side with the cold cannons in 2004. Yep. That was yep. a really good one. He kicked a couple of good goals from memory. He, he did. Was, he did kicked a well. goal of the day from the pocket, a really good snap. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I remember getting to the ground uh, just as the... Well, we made sure we got to the ground just as the game started, the uh, the TAC yeah. Cup grand final. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was good to see him. I think Travis Cloak was running out there, Ivan Marich as well. So, there was quite a few players that had um, you know pretty successful AFL careers that um, that played in that uh, that grand final. Yeah, and look, there's absolutely no need to mention anything after that match. So, um, I feel he probably Eddie. peaked. Yeah, look, he probably peaked that day, Eddie Betts. To be I honest, I kind of think he did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there's been a bunch of other games after that, but none of them have really mattered. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, good. It's good. Um, all right. Well, look, let's just get straight into the incredible learning experience that the Adelaide Crows offered us earlier in this season. Um, Do we have to? Well, I think that we really learned a lot from that encounter, um, and it's it's really important. And I think the lessons we learned on that day we've really applied for the rest of the year. Um, so yep. we'll just get into it straight away. It was uh, round two, the second of April two thousand and sixteen at Adelaide Oval. Um, Adelaide twenty-two goals, twelve hundred forty-four defeated Port Adelaide eleven goals, twenty eighty-six, and that's a fifty-eight point margin. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, in the first quarter, the Crows kicked six goals, four to one goal two. Uh, now, that doesn't look great on paper, but I think that the fact that we got one goal too was probably generous given our performance on the day. Um, and I yeah. think that, you know, they obviously worked pretty hard for that score. The second quarter, um, the Crows kicked seven goals, one to Port, three goals, six. And look, I mean, that was just the wind. You know, it kept changing all the time. Um, that's why we kicked, you know, twice as many points as goals. Uh, and that yeah. just left us a bit of a disadvantage at half time. In the third quarter, the Crows kicked six goals, two to Ports, three goals, four. And, and that was good because even though we kicked a lower score, our accuracy was the best that we had in the game so far. You know, three yeah. goals, four points. That was really, I thought, a good result. 
Uh, and in the final quarter, I mean, it was really just a total redemption. We won the quarter, and everyone knows that when you win the final quarter, you're basically the moral victors of the match. Um, Port kicked four goals, eight to three goals, five, which admittedly the accuracy wasn't ideal, but the fact that we had so many shots on goal, I mean, really, the game was there for us to take. It, um, yeah, it was really good. It was really, I, I was not dissatisfied. And, and like I said, I think we learned a lot from the experience. Matt, do you have any thoughts on that game? Uh, yep, I'm glad uh, we're not going to talk about it any longer than uh, than we have to. It was a shocker. It was an absolute shocker. Um, <laughs> I guess, you know, probably 20 minutes into the first quarter, you kind of knew we're not going to win the premiership this year. To be well, honest. Yeah. Let's face yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, to have, uh, what, just about the same scoring shots, and we actually had 15 more inside 50s than the Crows did that day, and they absolutely hammered us. So that says uh, that says it all, really. Yeah, well, I mean, the other, obviously, apart from that and the terrible scoring accuracy was the fact that the Crows just had a huge weight of uncontested possession. Um, and I think no one exemplified that better than Josh the Goose Jenkins, who kicked four goals. Mm. Um uh, here's, here's a fun fact. Uh, the Crows players, Josh Jenkins, Tom Lynch, and Tex Walker kicked more goals than Port Adelaide that game. So there's a little fun little bit of trivia for you. Not surprising, to be no, honest. No, not entirely. Hmm. Um, for us, Aaron Young, he kicked four goals, and that was sort of the first time we thought, oh, yeah, Aaron Young is, he's, might have an okay season. And he's had an okay season. He's probably tailed off a little bit, but um, yeah, he, he's he's still hanging in there. He's not yeah. in danger. That was, being that was his first game for the season. You just thought, where the hell did this come from? Yeah. Four goals. Aaron yeah. Young. And up forward too. You know, that was yeah. the thing. Like we were still talking about him being, I don't know, I guess he's a midfielder. Mm. <laughs> but no, he did all right. And um, of course it was Dougal Howard's debut game where he kicked a goal on a point. Yes. So that was a, a nice little thing to come out of that game, I suppose. Um, and unless there's something else you want to talk about this game, I think we can probably move on. No, I'm happy to move on. Thanks. Uh, thanks very much. Okay, excellent. Good. Um, we'll move on to this week. Now... <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> hey, hey. Look, we've got to... It's the topic oh, sorry, of the podcast. Positive. Positive. It's, it's got to be positive, and there are some happy positive vibe. changes in that we're replacing injured players with uninjured players, or at least less injured players. Um, the ins this... We'll do the outs first. They are significant. Chad Wingard is out, Charlie Dixon is out, and Logan Austin is out. But to replace Chad Wingard, we bring in Jake Need. To replace Obvious. Charlie Dixon, we bring in Jay Schultz. Obvious. Yeah, I guess. Um, and to replace Logan Austin, we bring in Jimmy Tumpus. Yep. Well, I think Jimmy Tumpus is probably a great matchup for Taylor Walker, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, it does seem a bit strange that he's the in. Um, but maybe there'll be positional changes in the the current 22 to cover the fact that we're a tall defender down against a side that likes tall players. Um, yeah. Yeah. Worrying. It's um, a concern. I've got to say, once again, it's a kind of a, a baffling selection. You'd have to think that Paul Stewart should have been an absolute Monty to come in if, uh, if Logan Austin wasn't, um, was always going to miss, but... I don't know. I don't know. Going in uh, with their quadrangle of doom with uh, what one and a half key defenders is uh, a little bit concerning. It is a bit of a worry. Um, interestingly, um, Jesse Palmer stayed in, so we'll go to the bench. Uh, Carl Amon, Jimmy Tompus, Matthew Lobby, he stayed in, and as I said, Jesse Palmer stayed in. Um, the emergencies are Paul Stewart, so maybe he might still come in. You never know. 
um, Riley Bonner and Brendan Archie. And it's look, it's a real shame to see Riley Bonner keep lining up as an emergency. Um, it would have been nice to see him play in this game, but oh well. I've got to say, what's happened to Tom Jonas? Honestly, like, has he was he that upset at what he did to poor Andrew Gaff that he's just like gone to South Africa or something to live? Um, look, I think that, look, this is a really horrible scenario, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's what I do. Um, maybe the club has decided that the way he acts as a player on the field is out of keeping with what they consider to be the character they want to have at Port Adelaide, in that he's, you know, obviously can be a bit rough at times, and so maybe he's just on the outer and he's going to get traded. Mm. That's a terrible reason to do it, I would think. It's a terrible reason to trade Jonas, but maybe that's the reason. That's why he's not getting a look in. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I I think he was having a pretty good year, to be honest. But um, And look, he's still in the leadership group as well, I think. So, I don't know. Uh, I'd be surprised if they trade him. You think, oh, really? I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, look, if... um, if Josh Gibson can get, get traded, then I mean he's a sort of similar kind of player, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if someone decided they had a niche role for him. Yeah. I still think we've got a niche role for him. But... Yeah, but we've got, we've got to get rid of players, Macca. We've got to we've got to turn this list over because it's just a it's an absolute schmuzzle right now. I don't think Jonas is the sort of player that's going to attract too much attention, though. To be honest. No, but it doesn't have to be a lot, you know. You can still get good picks, mm. you know, that later in the draft, or we can trade for future picks, you know. Um, that's a good thing to do as well with 2017 apparently being a good draft. So we've got lots of options. There's lots of, there's lots of things to be positive about. Um, I guess Jimmy Tomfusian is interesting. Um, he deserves nice... it. He yeah. Deserves it. He, he's had a good year in the SNFL. He's, he's kept his form up. Uh, constantly through the second half of the season. And he got that token game a couple of weeks back uh, when he was a late in. But, uh, yeah, look, um, yeah, it'll be... I'm really keen to see what he does on the weekend and hopefully he can snag a few goals and do something because we need someone to do something. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guess the other in that is... I don't know, like, when he got dropped, I was like, yeah, okay, um, and unfortunately, it was right after he signed a two-year contract. But Jake Need back in <laughs> is... <laughs> I mean, well, it was, that... again, it was an obvious choice, wasn't it? Like, it was always yeah. going to happen. If if Wingo, uh, as soon as he pulled his hamstring, like, Jake Need would have been rubbing his hands together. Yeah, but, he... but... I mean, he just... <laughs> We're losing Chad Wingard, who is the sort of player that actually does kick goals against the Crows. He likes playing against the Crows. And we're bringing in a guy who's struggled to kick goals at all this year against anyone. Mm. Um, it's a worry, but I guess we're that's where we're at right now. Um, now, <laughs> there's a couple of comments on Spruker Chat. Um, Ryan Piller is saying Tringover's lock for defence and Fanta Pants is in ruck, which I assume he means Matthew Lobby there. <laughs> um <laughs> Craig Jones is saying that we should play butcher in defence, which is interesting. Uh, and uh, Dylan has said, first of all, about my Jonas call, that it's the worst thing I've ever said, which I did say it wasn't great. Uh, and the, then he's also said he'd be surprised if this milk toast management traded anyone at all. And I would like to point out that even though this is an audio, an audio medium, he spelt milk toast wrong, which is a bad thing. Learn to spell milk toast, Dylan. 
That's all I've got. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, I guess we should talk about the Crows changes, which it's only a minor one. Sam Jacobs is back in for Riley O'Brien. Um, Good news for Port, really. Yeah, yeah great news for Port. Um, so, is he going to get the showdown medal? Look, if there's a player that Loby loves coming up against more <laughs> than uh, Sam Jacobs, I'd like to know who it is, to be honest. It's one of those real gentlemanly contests in that Lobby yeah. always looks like he's just, you know, trying to pat him on the shoulder and, you know, give him a bit of a hug occasionally and, you know, not not get in the way, just <clears throat> really be a, a, a nice guy and play from behind, you know. Um, yeah, look, uh, I'd be putting a fiver on Jacobs for the slow, uh, showdown medal, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah look, it's, it's got to be a pretty strong chance, doesn't it? It has to be. With Lobby in the form that he's in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no good. Maybe we can play Lobby on... Taylor Walker when uh, Jimmy Tumpus is on the bench and um, <laughs> have Trengove in the ruck because we know that Trengove actually matches up pretty well against Jacobs. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I Look, if, if we get one, if we win one quarter, I'll be surprised. <laughs> if we win one quarter? <laughs> I think if we get within five goals in one quarter... I'll be, I'll be ecstatic. I don't know you'd be ecstatic, but yeah, I, if we, if we, I, I think like even if we win the cheapy last quarter when we've been thrashed or something, I, I'd be surprised if we even manage that. Quite honestly, um, the midfield. Uh, in the notes, I've kind of written that it's a little bit of a repeater last week in terms of the type of midfield. They're all pretty hard workers and they're pretty solid. I don't, I don't think they have a lot of class. Um, mm. But they're good enough. But they deliver. That's the they, that's the that's difference. The thing. They deliver, and they've got key forwards that stay in the forward line for them to deliver to. So um, yeah. they're not. It's not the greatest midfield uh, no, in the AFL. Not. The Crows midfield, but they deliver. That they've played to the best of their capabilities all year. They're first in inside fifties, which is uh, pretty important. They're top four Absolutely. in clearances as well. Um, and they've just they've just performed, and they've stayed fit, which is also important. So yeah, Rory Sloan. He's a, oh, he's, good, a he's a fantastic player and has absolutely stood up without uh, danger there, as I guess everyone sort of expected him to. He's a Brownlow favourite. He's yep. averaging career highs in disposals, clearances, tackles, kicked 12 goals of the year as well. He's a star. Matt Crouch uh, might be unfashionable, but uh, again, he delivers. He's averaging 26 touches and five clearances a game, which is... Uh, which is great uh, for someone so young. Uh, Scott Thompson, we all know about. Um, he just keeps on keeping on. He'll be a pain in the ass as he always is. And, uh, and look, Brad Crouch is probably the, uh, the X factor through that midfield at the moment. Mm, um, mm. You know, he's been absolutely huge since coming back in the side. He's, uh, since coming back, he's averaged uh, 27 disposals, 7 tackles and 5 clearances in that time. So uh, he's someone that I guess um, a lot of people on our board like to sort of snigger at. But uh, he is actually a very, very good footballer. Yeah. I, look, I mean, honestly, I kind of feel like and I guess it makes sense because I'm just having this thought now, is that they, it reminds me of like a, a typical West Coast midfield and that there's a couple of players in that midfield you think, oh, they're not Lakewood, are they? But they just keep producing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind exactly of like Richard, it. Richard Douglas is kind of like that. You think, oh, oh Richard God. Douglas, he's, he's a bit yeah. ordinary. But he's a, again, he's someone that's had a fantastic... He's probably had his... Oh, I guess he's one of best and fairest. So I won't say he's had his best year. But he's mm. certainly had his mm. best year in probably his last five seasons. Yep, yep. Um, so he's done really, really well. Rory Atkins is another one. You just think, well, where's he come from? And, you know, he's played every game this year. Looks really good. And Jared Lyons, who 
just looked like an SA NFL footballer for you know four years has just um, improved uh, through the roof this season as well. So they've, they've again similar to last week. They've got a lot of depth. They bat really deep through the midfield. They can throw plenty of players in there, um, which is uh, a pain in the ass at the moment. I have to say, I'll just a quick diversion. I'll do a I'll do a quick quick diversion here, which is that I always, I always wonder if the South Australian teams suffer in terms of their players being recognised as good players because we are so parochial. Like, I mean, Port fans will not give any Crows players credit, you know, because you hear about them in the paper all the time and they're everywhere, and it's like oh, just get lost. And so yeah. you're less inclined to think they're particularly good, and it goes the reverse way opposite. Um, but everyone outside of South Australia, they just look at Adelaide and go, or South Australia and go, oh, yeah, that's just talking at the locals, and they give no time to it at all. Mm. I don't know. I wonder if that's a thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of times I look at a Crows team and I think, oh, yeah, that's a world beater. Oh, gee, he's a good player. I'd like him. I mean, in this side, probably I'd say Rory Sloan is the one I'd say, yeah, I'd really like him at um, Port. And, yeah. and I guess given our terrible key position forward situation, I mean, you'd really like, I don't know, someone like Tex Walker. You'd like Sam Jacobs. This is actually getting... This is really... I'm completely making a lie of what I just said, aren't I? Look, to be um, honest, I'd probably prefer about 19 Crows players in the port <laughs> side of the moment. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Right, right at this moment. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Crows I mean, how, how handy would Kyle Hardigan be for us right now? <sighs> Kyle Hardigan. Unbelievable. Um, All players that have just come from nowhere. Bloody yeah. Hell. Yeah, well, because they're part of a team, Macca. They're playing a system. That's the, that's the most disturbing part about all this, is that what the Crows have that we don't is that they know what they're doing, they play as a team, and we're still... I still, I mean, we're still hugely inconsistent on that count. Hugely. Hugely inconsistent. They have a game plan. Or well, that too, yeah. They have structure. It's a game plan this, these bloody days, you know? It's not even, and it's not even a, a cutting edge game plan, you know. It's 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 Craig, it's old Craig, it's Craigie style, basically. That's what it is. He's play, this is exactly like the Crowbots, um, but with better forwards. Yeah. So uh, how do we beat it? Well, that's a good question, Macca. I'm kind of hoping for a meteor strike, um, <laughs> but barring that, look, there's really only one way to beat it, and that is just to go all out physical. Um, in the midfield, um, have our defenders set to intercept um, and then just wish for the forward line. Have I mean, Jake needs in for a reason, isn't he? Um, if he can pressure the defenders when they do, the ball does go there and put them under the pump, then that'll help. I think they are exposable there. Um, but it's really just, probably it's wouldn't got to be gone, about... have gone down that path, to be honest. No? What do you reckon? I was kind of hoping for... Remember what happened at Waverley that night when the lights went off? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they took yes. down the point post. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of something like that uh, is, is where I would be headed uh, yeah, yeah. at this point in time. Hopefully the lights go off. None of the floodlights work, so it's just black. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, they cancelled the game. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, look, I think uh, it, it's really hard. It's, it's hard to see. I, again, on paper, like our midfield – should be better than what it is. You know, Boat, Gray, no. Wines, Ebert, no. Polet. On paper, it's a, it's a nice midfield, isn't it? But No, it's not. You don't reckon? No, I don't reckon it is. It's really shallow. Hmm. Well, I mean, Boat's had a good set. <laughs> no, it kind of is. Like, Boat, Gray, Wines. No, I, I do agree, but... It, um, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. 
We should match up pretty well with their first string uh, midfield is what I'm trying to say. Like, Wines in the middle should win his fair share of clearances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gray had a, a ripping game in round two from memory as well. Uh, Travis Boke was under the pump in round two, but uh, still got plenty of touches. Uh, Brad Ebert's been in really good form, uh, so hopefully he can do a job on someone. Um, not sure who, maybe Brad Crouch. Um, okay. Not too sure. Hopefully, uh, Pollock can find some space on the wings. Um, aim on to have a few touches. Jimmy Tumpus to come in and, and have a bit of an impact. But, yeah, look, I, I think they're going to be up against it. And I guess, again, it all, def- all depends on the uh, on the ruck battle. And if uh, if Loby's in there, if he can just break even, that'd be great. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. That's all we need. We just need, we just need to compete. If we can compete... We'll uh, we'll save something diabolical, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on to the coach. Should we be concerned about Don Pike? Um, obviously, yes. They tore us apart in round two, and we've gotten worse since then. So um, that's a worry. Psychological advantage is clearly with the Crows. There in the finals, we're not. We've had two appalling first quarters in the last two weeks, and that's where you see the psychological edge. Typically, is in that first quarter game. Uh, and in round two, we had a terrible first quarter as well. So um, it's you'd have to say it's odds on that the Crows will win the first quarter. Um, yeah. Maka, any if, more thoughts if, on the game? <laughs> if we're going to win a quarter, it's likely to be the first. I, I think. think so, because I think they'll try super hard. Because, I mean, that's a clear pattern, right? They've lost. We've been smashed the last two first quarters, and the players have no doubt are very aware of that. The... Um, <laughs> The first quarter in the last time we played them was terrible. So the players will probably come all out, but then they might run out of steam, mm. um, which is what we've seen before as well in yeah. these circumstances. But well, there's no doubt the Crows will have the psychological advantage. Uh, they're playing wonderful football. They've lost mm. one game in the last 14 weeks or whatever it is. Um, we are in shocking form. Um, and usually in this sort of situation, you'd say, well, the Crows just probably don't want to get injured. So they can sort of head into the finals pretty fresh. Um, what do we have to play for? Well, the Crows who have everything to play for uh, this week as well yep. because it's so tight at the top of the ladder. If they Absolutely. lose this game, they've pretty much lost themselves a premiership because they're going to drop out of the top four and that's the end of that. Um, so they've still got everything to play for and hopefully we can come to play and uh, maybe spoil their party a little bit. But... Yeah, yeah, hopefully. Um <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It'd be, it'd be nice. Look, it would be we... nice, but if... I just don't see it happening. I can't no. see it happening. And we no. might as well talk about their forward line at the moment because uh, yeah, that's kind of where it's uh, it's going to be won, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. They have and I'd... We, can, we can be positive all we like, but when it comes down to it, I just don't think we've got the defensive group uh, in this game, no. that's going to uh, get anywhere near them, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I know that we're getting com- we're getting criticism on the speaker chat for not being positive enough, and that's really disappointing because I'm trying to be really positive right now. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know that we're going to match up for that defence. I, I don't know what you do. Uh, maybe... If Trengove goes back, he's been so revitalised by playing in a in a, a role where he can take control of the game to a certain extent. Yeah. Maybe he'll go back and he'll just be playing out of his boots. 
um, to get back in that rack roll and piss Lobby off. Um, mm. Who knows? It, it's hard to know. That could happen, but uh, you, you can't count on those sorts of things, can you? It's the four tolls which are the problem with mm. with our situation at the moment. I mean, Jenkins, you know, he's always kicked goals, but he's, he's kind of been a bit of a phenomenon this year, good old uh, Josh the Goose. But, uh, you know, he's a hard matchup. He runs really, really hard and always seems to somehow find himself out the back as the ball drops into his lap and he runs into an open goal. Like, surely someone would have woken up to this at some point this year. Surely. No, hasn't happened. Betts, yeah, he's a genuine star. You can't deny mm. that. 60 yep. goals, he just regularly destroys us. 19 goals in the last uh, three years against us. Oh, shit. We, we just haven't had a matchup for him. We've tried so many different players on him. Um, it's probably Darcy Byrne-Jones time this week. I think uh, so. And I actually think he might do all right on him, to be honest. I think he'll play pretty well on him. Yeah, look, I mean, I think... Because he's, he'll play he's well a good him. shutdown player. He won't... I'm thinking he won't allow bets to uh, to fly More out of, the back, as he usually yeah. does. Yeah. So that might uh, that might be a, a bit of a positive for us, that actual matchup. Yeah, look, I mean, that's the one that I'm going to be looking forward to the most is hopefully seeing uh, Darcy Ben-Jones take on Eddie Betts because Eddie Betts, I mean, when he hasn't played well, it's been because he's been held entirely accountable. Mm. Um, but then we're losing Darcy Ben-Jones for the match and he's also been one of our better players going Well, I'd, I'd well. be okay with that. I'd, I'd be okay yeah. to, uh, to sacrifice well, to him. Scores, if, it, if, it, if it means that Eddie Betts kicks, you know, one or no goals, then mm. fine. That's, that's a good matchup. Yeah, I but agree. it leaves other players uh, to run free. Like Walker probably hasn't had a great year, but has still kicked over forty goals. He's uh, he's super dangerous, as we know. Uh, Mitch McGovern's probably been the surprise packet this year for them. Twenty six goals, a, a fantastic uh, contested mark. So he's someone that they can just pop the ball on his head, and he usually takes a grab. Yep. Uh, and Lynch, the showdown medalist from last time, we know he's a hard runner. It's uh, probably slowed down a little bit after a great first couple of months, but. Um, Again, he's a big threat, six goals in round two. Uh, and again, he always seems to deliver against us. He always seems to get his sort of 20 touches, 10 marks, and a couple of goals. So, Yeah. Um, yep. So what, outside of Burn Jones on bets, what matchups do you see as being likely? Um, as likely or, or positive? Um... Well, both. What do you see as potential winning matchups for that forward line? Um, Clory on Jenkins. Okay. That's about it. That's... Oh, Cracker on someone on Cameron because I I still don't really rate Charlie Cameron. I think he benefits from being in that side that has those other excellent options, and I think he just sort of gets to leak, and you know just roam about and do what he wants. Um, so I think he's beatable. But if we're beating him, it means we're probably not beating someone that we is more important to beat than him. Yeah. Oh, look, he hasn't had a really good year. He's only kicked 17 goals in 16 yeah. games. So yeah. he's probably um, taken a step back um, a, a little bit this year compared to what he uh, performed last year. But I don't know. I'd probably. It's really hard to say. I'd, I'd probably go O'Shea on Jenkins, to be honest. I would we, probably. I'd no, I'd go O'Shea on Lynch. Yeah. I'm going to go Broadbent on Lynch. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, I yeah, think he's got the the running power to run with him. Um, Broadbent's sort of surprisingly tall, so he'll be able to sort of spoil him. Um, and I think that's what you need on Lynch, is someone that uh, that's going to play um, 
hopefully in his back pocket a little bit. And I don't think we've really got that sort of player in the side except for maybe Pittard. But um, given the likely... Uh, I mean, it all depends on Trengo, doesn't it, really? Yeah, if he's in the yeah. ruck, if he's in the ruck, we just look too short down back. Um, if he's down back, he'll probably take McGovern. I'd probably move uh, Pittard on Lynch, even though Pittard got absolutely thrashed by him in round two. Um, Cleary on Walker, I think Cleary's probably our strongest player. He can match Walker. Um, and as you said, Cracker on Cameron. Yeah, look, I mean, I, if Tringo's in ruck, I, I kind of feel we're more likely to win. Um, but we're also more likely to just straight up lose as well. I, I think yeah. it's just, it's a higher risk proposition putting Tringo in ruck because I think he's, you know, in lobby, we're talking about, you know, if you can break even, but breaking even means that neither ruck has an effect. It doesn't mean that we actually get some good clearances from it. We might, but it will probably be in spite of the ruck work. Yeah. With Tringo in the middle, I think he's got enough determination and just enough class to actually do all right against those other midfielders there. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I would like to see that, but I think I've gone on the record already enough about how I don't rate Lobby at all, but there you go. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's just... Uh, and then you've got Lyons that kicks goals. You've got Douglas that kicks goals. Um, Brody Smith sort of pops in for a couple here and there. I mean, I always feel like crying. <laughs> It's just, that, it's mate, just huh? a like honestly, it's a it's a wonderful forward line that they've put together. It like, is pretty solid. Credit to them. It's uh, it's really good. And I, I would have loved our uh, first string backline out there this week, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it in the list management threads. Um, you know, to have that forward line with all of the losses that they've had to their tall players in the last five six years, um, that's brilliant list management. Absolutely yep. brilliant. Um, mm. They've done a really good job there. Uh, we haven't, but oh well. Um, all right, look, we'll move along. So who's, uh, a, who's a threat for us up forward? Do you see us having any threat up forward? No, because we've got to get the ball to them. Um, Jay Schultz, I think, won't do much. Um, yeah. I think if you want to talk about who will look threatening, it's got to be Impey. Um, I feel yeah. this is a game that we should be playing butchering, to be honest. I agree. We we need someone out there with a bit of height, a bit of pace, can take a good mark. Um, because as it stands right now, um, Talia usually does the job on Westhoff. Mm. Hardigan on on Schultz, who is probably a good matchup for them, especially Schultz um, with his age and capabilities at the moment. Um, and apart from that, we we really don't have anyone, unless we plan on playing Loby at full forward like we did last week with uh, <laughs> great success. <laughs> Um, and we can't even rely on Chad this week, so, you know. Uh, did you hear the comment or read the comment during the week from Aaron Young saying, uh, I don't know the exact quote, but something like, um, if there's a lot of changes, it's it's on the players? Um, like, a lot of list changes, it's, it's on the players. Like, the players haven't done enough to, to not have that happen. Yeah, well, yeah. clearly. <laughs> yeah, but... Well, it's good that someone recognises that at the well, time. I kind of think that, um, like that was my first reaction to it, but the more I think about it, the less I like it because the players need to also recognize that list changes are going to happen if they're good too. Like they've got to have, they're going to happen, you know? Um, sometimes you will trade a player that's actually had a pretty good season because it's better for your list balance to do it. Um, mm. So I, I think that's a step closer to professional sports 
list management, but it's still a step away from where it should actually be. But yeah, anyway, that's enough. Um, I don't know. Any more comments on this game before we move on to the Fringe Force 5? Uh, may God have mercy on us all. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, whatever else is out there apart from God. Mm-hmm. You know, That's all I have to say on that. Absolutely. Maybe Thor will sort out that problem with the light towers for you. Mm. Mm. Hope right. so. Well, Fringe Force 5 this week, it's um, it's good news because it's been a little while, I think, since we've had a Fringe Force 5 for a player that's actually been named in the side, and it's Jimmy Tompas. <laughs> so, hooray, that's nice. Um, he was drafted at pick four in the 2012 National Draft, and we traded for him last year. Uh, picks 29, 50, and 68, but we got back pick 32 for Ali Bonner. Um, yeah, Jimmy Tompas, I guess this is... Look, he's not in danger of going anywhere. He's got He's had one season, he's not been brilliant but he's been building his conditioning but on the other hand you know we talk about how our Melbourne's development's terrible um but every other player on that Melbourne list this year like they're looking better than our guys in terms of development so I'm just wondering I don't know can you take anything from that Macca probably not um he probably hasn't had the best year Uh, I think we all had sort of high hopes for him to, to see him come in and we all thought he'd be a regular player, and he hasn't been. He's only played a few games. Um, so, yeah, it's probably been a, a bit of a fail for Jimmy Tumpus this year. Look, even though he's mm. had excellent form in the SANFL, he's kept his spirits up, he's kept his morale up, um, and has delivered at that level. Um, yeah, it would have been nice to see him uh, put some of those sorts of uh, performances uh, together at the highest level, but uh, not to be. Yeah, look, I mean, if... If you're gonna, if I'm gonna list a concern for Jimmy Tompas, it's probably the same concern I have about Brendan Archie, um, except Brendan Archie's probably shown a bit more, which is I just don't, I haven't seen anything exceptional to his game. No, that, that's, that's he is the the, uh, the absolute epitome of plotter. Yeah, like he's a late Be stage nice. Stephen Seller pick in a lot of ways, um, yeah. which is not great, but mm. we didn't pay much to get him. Um, it'd be nice for him if he can get it all right and get back in the game, but I mean, I don't know that I'd hold out a lot of hope. Yeah. Not Look, what we've seen uh, this year. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully 2017 will be his year and he can uh, become a regular player and show some of the form that um, uh, saw him get uh, picked quite high in the draft, but I think um, the player everybody thought he would become and the player he actually is is, uh, is poles apart at this point. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, so I think everyone th- kind of thought he was like an outside, very quick runner that could kick goals, you know, like a really good wingman, half-forward flanker. But as you said, he's he's very Salopec-like. Um, you know, he seems more suited to sort of uh, inside midfield or a half-back flank and trying to set up the play from back there sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and that's not really... Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we see. Don't, we, we don't tend to need uh, any more of those types. <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, but that's all right. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, like I said, he'll stay on the list next year, and I guess he'll probably be on this Fringe Force 5 again next year, so we'll see how it goes. Mm. Um, moving on again to the Magpies game against Norwood, Albert and Oval, the old rivals. Um, Norwood 8th at the moment, Porter 6th. Um, you'd have to think we'll do them at Alberton. Um, any thoughts on this matchup, Macca? Uh, not really. I think... Um... Yeah, we've been in pretty good form, and yeah, once again, we should probably win this one. Uh, our midfield looks really good. Our forward line looks uh, exceptional at the moment. Lukey Reynolds just keeps kicking goals, uh, which is great for him. Mm. Um, Butcher had a down game last week. Hopefully, he can uh, bounce back up and, and have a decent game this week. 
Uh, not sure we'll be able to make the finals, but um, look, uh, if we can get another win on the board against uh, Norwood, I'll take that. Does Need make much of a difference to that Magpie sign? Because it's obviously he's out. Uh, I think he does. Yeah, he usually plays pretty well at that level. Um, okay. Again, probably doesn't kick a lot of goals at uh, SANFL level, but what he does do is, is create a lot more than what uh, we would normally see at AFL level. So he's, he's certainly around the packs a lot more, um, runs with the ball a lot more, um, and delivers inside 50 quite well. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. Um, okay, I well, think we'll Whitey's at... probably a bit of a, oh, uh, a big cheek, loss. Yeah. yeah. Look, but, I, um, yeah. I had hopes he'd be playing again this year, and obviously that's not going to happen. It didn't happen. Um, he's been a really important player for us, so hopefully he can come back next year and actually not, you know, have bizarre injuries like pectoral tears and fractured cheeks and whatever else. Well, he's another player that you've got to probably say, well, did we go a bit too early in giving him another contract? Did we give him another contract? Yeah. I thought he was still in that original free agent one. No, we, I think we've signed him on for next year. Oh, I, like that. I don't have an issue with that because I think his form was solid enough. Like, There's not a lot of deficiencies in his game, I don't think, so I've got no real issue with that. Um, I think he can come back from these injuries. Like, None of them are mobility inhibiting, and that's obviously the biggest thing. Like, If they were leg injuries, I'd probably be in that same camp, Macca, but mm. they're not leg injuries. Like, They're upper body ones, and you can probably work a bit more with those. I mean, what if Michael Wilson played the... The 2004 grand final with two stuffed shoulders, um, but his legs were fine, so he kept going. Um, I think that the that nature of those injuries probably... I still think he can get back to his best. Yeah. I hope so too, because he's the sort of player that we need, provides pace, kicks goals, yep. all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I can see us... Uh, or oh, sorry, I can see him maybe playing in just another sort of two or three games and, and that's it. Yeah, well... Because we know he's an injury-prone uh, injury player. He's only played one sort of pretty well full season in his career, and that's about it. So, um, yeah, again, it's it's kind of one of those sort of decisions that maybe could have waited until the end of the year instead of doing it in, uh, in April or whatever, whenever we did it. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is mm. getting boring. Sorry. Mm. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll get on to the, the the less we'll get on to the part that we can be positive about, which is we've got some questions and comments from the Big Footy Forum, and we might get a couple on the Spreaker chat. I'll bring that up. Um, the first, the first one is from Christoph, and I, I like this one, so I put it at the top of the list. Um, if we were going to Bickley Wakeland someone this week, who's the Bix and who's the Wakes? So, for those that don't remember, this is referring to um, Mark Bickley. Was an elbowing uh, Daryl Wakelin in the jaw and knocking him out of the game just before the final series in two thousand three, shattering his face. Yeah, yeah, it was it was mm. really awful. <clears throat> um, so anyway, who's the Vix? Who's the Wakes? I would have to say uh, Brad Ebert on Luke Brown. Luke Brown. Yeah. Okay. Because Wakes was kind of unassuming, never did anything wrong, never really got in fights. You know, he just did True. his job week in, week out, and that's kind of what Luke Brown is. So, Look, I kind of think Talia, like it's Talia is the Wakes, because he, Wakeland was really important to us in that side, and I think Talia's probably got an equivalent level of importance in that side. Yeah. Um, so that, that's my rationale for that. And as far as the Bix, um, look, if Hartlow was there, I'd say it was him. 
Um, yeah. As, as he's it would have been my go-to as well, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Barring that, I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that we have a Wakes. I'd probably... The closest I could think of would be someone like Matty Broadbent. Um, because it, the thing about this way, the, the Bickley thing is it was kind of out of character to just go completely snipe like that. Like, he's always been an yeah. accountable player, but it was, it was out of character to go that far. He'd love um, to dig his knees in packs, uh, yeah, sliding like, in knees first, but that's the first time he's done something that, that, yeah, horrific as that. Yeah, standard 90s football, right? <laughs> All that yeah. stuff, um, like Michael Wilson. Um, I don't know, maybe Darcy Byrne-Jones. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, we'll see. Happy 250, Eddie. <laughs> oh, that would be pretty funny. I mean, not really. Probably not really, no. If he got hurt, but you know. Oh dear. Let's let's hope that doesn't happen. And <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. we can just beat them like fair and square. Yeah. Now the next one, it was a question, but I'm just Eddie Dingle has complained about how he's used his frequent flyer points to come to this match. Um and he wants to know if he can get refunds and all that sort of stuff. I think he just needs to suck it up because I'm pretty sure his work paid for those frequent flyer points anyway, so bad luck. Yep. Yep. Um, bad luck, Eddie. <laughs> yep. Bad luck. <laughs> Um, Power Girl has asked, how do I stop rocking in a ball? Uh, the short answer to that is straighten out your legs. It's hard to rock in a ball when your legs are straight. Um, True. But it was just basically about the fact that our list is the way it is. And, you know, there's some issues there, but then it's not positive. So if it's not positive, I don't want to hear about it right now. Yeah. Um, I'll, look, I'll be in the fetal position uh, in my seat, um, I think, five minutes into the first quarter, I think. So I know the feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um Ryan Pillow has just thrown in a question that I think we should ask because it's an Andre's question. If you are offered 30 years of mediocrity and sadness, but were guaranteed a dynasty of at least three flags thereafter or 15, or 15 years of finals and success, but only one flag, which would you take? So basically, uh, we can choose to be Geelong yep. or, or choose to be Sydney. Yeah, or North Melbourne. North Melbourne. Uh, probably, that's a really tough question. I, I would probably choose the dynasty, to be honest. Because it's something that will always go down in the history books and, and be looked upon uh, more fondly than just, you know, just scraping into the finals every year and then sort of like snagging one flag. Yeah, well, look, I mean... <sighs> I don't think it's even really... I think I don't even think there's really a, a question there. I think the numbers are wrong because we're in an 18-team league and there's a lot of people that use the rationale that means you should win a premiership every 18 years. So that's 36 years for two premierships. And if we're getting three and 33, then that's obviously the way to go. Yeah. Um, that's more flags over that period than the hypothetical average should be. So you'd take the dynasty for sure. Um, the 15 years of finals and success, but only one flag. I mean, that's... That's unport Adelaide to even contemplate that, <laughs> you know. Oh, look, you'd certainly have more enjoyment by winning games in that option, but uh, yeah, not, give me not the, you, give me the three flags over <laughs> one any day. It's all about winning premierships, so we exist to win premierships. That's it. Mm. Good question. Um, I thought so. Now the next question uh, is from Ha Wingard. What hobbies will you take up to fill the void that Port Adelaide has left in your heart? <laughs> Uh, look, it's soccer season, isn't it? So, Khan United. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick a, an NFL team and follow them. <laughs> yeah, I think I need to do that as well. I don't really have one. I sort of half like New England, and that's about it. But 
I wouldn't mind finding uh, a team that I could call my own. I usually get onto it for a little while and then I forget about it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I haven't got a, I haven't got a team that is me, you know. So, mm. um, but that's probably as far as you know, a watching sports spectatory hobby. That's probably what I'll go for. And apart, and in terms of other hobbies, probably drinking. I'll be doing lots and lots of drinking. I am going to go to the beach a lot this summer. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good call. I don't know if it's really a hobby, but you know, it, it's nice to go to the beach. Beaches are good. Yeah, my, my, I hate the beach, but my kids what? love the beach, so how that has ha- made me enjoy the beach more than I. How can to. anyone hate the beach, Macca? Because it's annoying. There's sand. It gets in everywhere. It's usually bloody hot. Uh, I usually get burnt. It's just not pleasant. That. Uh... But the kids love it, so therefore I like seeing them happy, and therefore that makes me happy. So, I I have never felt more lacking in understanding of you. <laughs> that, that just seems absolutely insane to me. I, if I could live by the beach, I would live by the beach. That would it would just be the best thing ever. Um, I'd okay. happily live by the beach. I'd just go to the beach like before ten a.m. and after five p.m. in summer. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, have the big bonfire on the beach, that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. I mean, that's good too. But um, mm. Mm. All right. Um, a question from Dylan, which I thought was a good one. Uh, what font is Ken Hinckley? <laughs> what font is Ken Hinckley? Yep. Probably Times New Roman at the moment. Look, I thought Times New Roman because, for, for obvious reasons, in that it's a bit outdated, but it looks okay. Um, mm. I went, I've decided, I've gone with Garamond because it looks just a little bit different to Times New Roman and you think it's something new, but it's not. Um, yep. The other thing is that, you know, at first glance you think, oh, Garamond's not bad, but then you look at it a bit longer and it's like, ugh, it's actually not that great. And it's good for titles, but as soon as you get into anything bigger than that, it's just, it you lose letters. It's, it's really annoying to read. Um, mm. So Garamond is my choice. Yeah, I'd, I'd liked him to be a little bit more mistral, to be honest. Yeah. Look, if it could be Minion Pro, I'd be pretty excited. That would be good, yeah. Mm, mm, but we're nowhere near Minion Pro. No. No. <sighs> um, the next one, Long Live PAFC has said, when the PA- when PAFC, the movie, comes out, who plays Rick, Macca and Portia? <laughs> now, I, I have an answer. Rick would have to be Will Ferrell. <laughs> No, he's John O'Reilly. What's his name? John C. O'Reilly or the the offsider for Wilfred? What's his name? John C. O'Reilly. Yeah, John yeah. C. O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear that they're going to be Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson? That's horrific because I hate Wilfred. That would be so... Oh, I think it's so perfect. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Um, yeah, who else? Oh, that would be a good match. That would be a good match, though. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, be so good. Um, I went with Muppets, so I went with Statler Muppets. and Waldorf for you and uh, Rick, who are the two guys that sit in the balcony and just pitch all game, uh, yeah. all show. And I, I just went with Miss Piggy because there's not really a lot of female options there. Um, but the Statler and Waldorf one, I think, is pretty good for. A, it certainly describes Monday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's that's good. I like that. I'd happily go with that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, alternately, if I wasn't going to name those two, the other ones I thought was Scooter for you and Rolf the dog for Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, all right. 
Uh, look, the, we did have another one, but apparently it was asked last week. I didn't realise. So it was about if Malcolm Tucker was a Port supporter, how would he describe the state of the club? Um, the only thing I thought about, because I haven't watched... effing every... omni-shambles. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the one thing that reminded me of the scene was, I think it's in the first episode of the first series, which is uh, where they have the announcement they have to talk back. And I'm just thinking, like, when KT was writing his letter saying that we've got a top four list... No, it's the whole thing like, you know, the fans know we're not a top four list, the players know we're not a top four list, the coaches know we're not a top four list, you know, your dead dog knows we're not a top four list, but it doesn't matter because you're going to tell everyone that we're a top four list. I mean, that that is very thick of it to have that, and I think that's exactly what KT's done in this circumstance. So that's what I would say. I think KT's being advised by Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. Um, Dylan's asked uh, another good question in the Spreaky chat, which is, okay. uh, which Arrested Development characters are Maca, Rick, and Porsche? <laughs> Uh, okay. Christopher said Jason ba- Bateman is Macca. I'm I'm happy to take that. Dylan has said uh, Rick is Tobias. I'm I'm happy to take that as well. Yeah, I'd like to see. Yeah, and no, I don't think Rick's Tobias. He's definitely Job. Oh, you reckon? Yeah. No. Oh, I don't know. This is tricky, isn't it? Hmm. No, he's probably more like George, like the the dad. <laughs> He's probably, he's probably I was going to say George, but yeah. I'm, I'm happy to go with Tobias as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I be Rob Loblaw? <laughs> <laughs> you can. Okay, I'll be Rob Loblaw. <laughs> Just because it's here's, here's another name. question as well. Okay. If, if it was possible to trade Robbie Gray and Sam Gray for Fife, would mm. you do it? Yeah. That's, yes. <laughs> You'd have to say yes, wouldn't you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if that was just Rob Sangray, I don't think would add a lot to it. But yeah, you'd definitely do it. I've had yeah. Dylan come in and say Porsche is Lucille, and I'll take that just on the rest of development one. Lucille yep. was pretty good. I thought she was good. Um, oh, yeah, there's another question from Ryan Pillar. My opinion on who will win out of McGregor and Diaz. I assume that's talking about McGregor, the lightweight boxer. Um in which case I'll say McGregor, but I don't know who Diaz is. Sorry, I don't know. I, I assume that was Ken McGregor and Cameron Diaz, but... Oh, well, then Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. All right. Well, look, we'll start wrapping nah, up. McGregor will win that one, for sure. You reckon? Conor, Conor McGregor, isn't it? Conor McGregor. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the one. Yeah, look, he certainly seemed to be on a roll. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know enough. Oh, he's any one of those two I've heard of. So let's go with McGregor. Have um, you been watching much of the Olympics? No, I don't like the Olympics. It's just so... It's like watching the Crows show, but it's meant to include you, and it doesn't. I don't know, like, I'm a contrarian, so (laughs) I can't watch the Olympics because there's no opposite side for me to barrack for because I don't get to see footage of it. Fair enough. So no, no, I don't, I don't like it. And also, you get all the promotions for shows. They say, you know, after the Olympics, we'll put this show, and I will say, just please, just put it on now because I don't want to watch the Olympics. Um, yeah, no. All right, look, we'll do the final wrap because we are. Even the questions are downbeat this week, Macca. It's not great. Um, <laughs> who's your winning side? Oh, who's your winning side and margin for this game? Your highest goal kicker for Port and uh, Har Wingard has asked you. What's the over-under on how many points Adelaide will win by? Oh, you, I would... The over-under would have to be 
I'm not sure what it is in the betting market because I don't bet, but um, it would have to be 65.5 points. No, nah, I reckon it'd be closer to 50. I think they'll still be making money on Yeah, I think. Oh, no, because Port doesn't get that much money on them, but it is a showdown. Mm. Yeah, it could be that far out. It'd be unusual. 10 um, goals. I think that's, that's a I, good over-under. I'd reckon 50, but yeah, okay. We'll, we'll look it up in a, we'll look it up later and see how it is. We'll look it up before the game. Um, yep. Your winning side in right. Margin Macca. Okay. Results are going to be Adelaide Crows by 93 points. Okay. And we aren't going to have any multiple goal kickers. <laughs> I'm at, also going to pick that... Yep. Well, obviously, I've picked that that's going to be the biggest winning margin in showdown history. Yeah. I'm also going to say that we will kick the lowest score in showdown history, which currently sits at 40 points. Yep. So I think we will kick less than 40 and win by and lose by 93 points. That's... Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I can't argue with it. Um, winning side and margin. I'm going to. I'm still hanging out hope. I hope we're going to win the the cheap or get uh, win the last quarter cheaply because the crows have won the game. They've got the four points and they don't give us stuff. So I'm hoping that we'll only lose by about seventy. Um, and I think our highest goal kicker report. I think it's going to be. Oh, it's a tough one. I think it's going to be some. It's going to be a midfielder. I would reckon. And I yep. reckon it will probably be Robbie Gray. So I'd reckon three, two, three, three goals. I'll say just bravely three goals for Robbie Gray. Yep, I'm happy to take that. Though well, I can also see us competing really, really well and just not being good enough and losing by you know 35 points or something. I, mm. I would, I would probably take that um, as a decent result considering what it could be this week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right, who's your immediate for Port Adelaide? For Port, I'm going to say Darcy Byrne-Jones will keep Eddie to uh, less than three goals. So he'll kick either one or two or none. Okay, okay. Um, I think Ebert is going to be our best player. Okay. I can see that happening. I can yeah. see him playing uh, midfield and doing a really good job on someone and, and getting you know 25 touches and... Mm, mm. And that, I'd be happy with that. And who's your immediate for Adelaide? A Cole Chaney. Okay, why? How? He's the only crow to have played more than three games this year who hasn't kicked a goal yet. He'll kick. <laughs> he'll kick three or four. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's going to L on us, is he? Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go, because we just both agreed he's not up to it, I'm going to go with Charlie Cameron, um, because he's had a pretty ordinary season. Um, we're going to be already struggling to cover the, the players we do need to stop, and that probably, I think, means he's, he'll get a, a free run to do whatever the hell he wants. So yep. um, I think Charlie Cameron will probably kick what, three, mm-hmm. at least. Okay. Yeah. Um, and what's your bet in the house, Macca? Obviously, you said showdown record loss, but what else do you yep. reckon? Anything else? Because I think we're going to kick the lowest score in a showdown, my bet the house this week is that Josh Jenkins is going to kick more Josh the Goose goals than we will score goals this week. Oh, that's a big call. Um, all right, yeah, yeah. That's pretty reasonable. Mm. I think... 
that Matthew Lobby will have more marks than Justin Westhoff if he plays forward. If Justin Westhoff plays forward. Because I don't think the ball okay. will get there. I, I, think that's, I think that's probably a bit too risky for a bit of the house. Can you, have, can you have less than none? I'm not sure. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think Westhoff's going to play well at all. Okay. Well, that's probably fair. Oh, I'm yeah. happy to accept that. All right. Well, look, we've hit the mark. Well, this we, has we, been great. <laughs> we did try really hard to be positive coming into this, but it's just really hard. So sorry, everyone, if you're getting a bit of a downer. But we're playing Gold Coast next week. We could beat them. Mm. Um, but this week, you know... It, it's just a real shame because this, this was hopefully was. going to be a great game. At the yeah. start of the year, we all sort of earmarked this as, you know, showdown, second last round, yep. you know, probably us hoping to get into top four, Crows hoping to get into the finals. That's what the plan was, and it's just gone uh, nowhere near that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, even after round two, it's this sort of thought, oh, well, this could be the evener-upper, um, but yep. it's, it's, it's not going to be, realistically. Well, you never know. I guess you never know. I think back to... Um, the second showdown in 2006, the, the Trent Henschel knee showdown, which we won. I mean, the Crows were probably not in great form at that stage of the year. I think they'd lost the previous two after being miles in front of the competition that year, the year of the Crowbots. Mm. And we had a lot of injuries. We'd sent four or five players off for surgery pretty early on. Um, you know, Treadray obviously... Hurt his knee. He was uh, he was in the stands. I think Peter Bergwijn wasn't playing as well. A few other real key players missed out, and I think a lot of people thought that the Crows would win quite comfortably. And they actually started pretty well. And I think they were four goals up during the first quarter, and we just slowly pegged them back and pegged them back, and won uh, probably the most unlikely showdown that we've won. So yeah, you can never say never. Um, and but we'll know in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> we, we will certainly know in the first 10 minutes what's going to happen. Uh, oh, well. It's, it's, it'll be over soon enough. It's and like wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it just be nice to knock them out of a, a home double chance final? Look, honestly... that's what will happen if we that's, win. That's, that's that. As much as every other year we say, <laughs> no, it's not an important match, this is our grand final this year because that's all we've got left. Um... I think it's like the the old dream final that they talked about when Adelaide were hosting us in a final. Um, they were in a really good position that year, but the fact that they had to, they they tried so hard that first week to avoid the abject shame of losing to Port Adelaide, um, it really took a lot out of them, uh, and they obviously didn't go well from there. Mm. So hopefully we can have that sort of match where we challenge them enough that they're like, oh, now we've got to do something. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Good times. All right. Well, look, time to go. So thank you, everyone, for listening in. Thank you for people on Spreaker Chat for chipping in and throwing in a couple of extra questions. And we'll speak to you on... Well, no, I'll be on Monday. I know I'm on Monday. So be yep. me and Macker again on Monday to review Woo-hoo. the match. And hopefully we'll have some really positive news. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be really good. So we'll speak to you on Monday and have a lovely weekend finding hobbies for the off-season. That's the way. Can Port. Can the pair. Go the Port Adelaide's. Ports. Butcher. I need a beer. Yeah. Gray was brave, running hard, more getting forward. 
One last chance. Boat brilliant. Wines. Monfries centering ball. Cassisi. You know who again. It is his birthday. Kids are freaks.